This is the Voice Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to the Turf and Burn Podcast. We're here with co-host Caroline and Dylan. And it's episode six. So we wanted to start off this episode diving right into the MLB because we haven't been giving baseball enough love recently. It's been kind of slow. Not a lot of news on my end. But Dylan, why don't you get us started with recent headlines in the MLB? Well, I think when you mentioned that we don't talk about the MLB that much, it's basically because baseball games, there's not much to talk about when it comes to an individual game, a storyline. It's a sport that's reeled with 162 games. So when you're caught in the middle of the season, it's not like your team goes one in five or even like 7-0, and like, wow, we're an amazing team. It could just be a simple hot streak that, you know, that's just one of your 80 wins in the season, and the season goes on. But there were sort of three bigger-than-a-baseball game storylines that did happen over the last week or so. We figured it's worth talking about those, mentioning them on the podcast, and then baseball will likely go away for the rest of the, se- uh, rest of the semester until it's playoff <laughs> time in October. But these three storylines, we'll get Thank your opinion goodness. on them. No, Ouch. Um, the first one we had is that the Oakland Athletics are going to be moving to Las Vegas. The A's have been notoriously one of the worst franchises when it comes to attendance for the past few years. They are, of course, an iconic franchise, and they've been in Oakland for at least 50 years now at this point. But they're moving to Las Vegas, just like a bunch of other sports, NFL and NHL have moved franchises to Vegas in the last couple of years. Your thoughts on another pro sport coming to Las Vegas? So here's the thing. I, I, I know that Oakland has really struggled with attendance and a lot of teams, notably in like the NFL, they've already moved out of Oakland. So it almost seems like the A's were the last professional team standing and you know, like you were mentioning, very storied franchise. Um, and I thought, that, you know, the MLB would tough it out. But seemingly, no. I think especially with how popular Vegas has become with the Vegas Raiders and the NFL and then the Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL, there's been a lot of popularity surrounding sports there. And that's also the center of sports betting, which is a tease to something we'll talk about later on this episode. So you guys should keep tuning in. But... Just from my personal standpoint, I think Vegas is really great. But I do think, because you were mentioning, Dylan, that there are so many games that the MLB plays. And I would say, unless you have like someone like Shohei Otani or um, someone like, like a big superstar player, it's hard to attract that attention in Vegas if you aren't living up to the pizzazz um, and energy that Vegas brings. So I definitely could see where the MLB was thinking and why they're trying to head to Vegas. I think there's a lot of growth opportunity to grow the game and a lot of opportunity to make money there. But I'm wondering how the model will work for baseball. I think it's going to suck. Just being completely... (laughs) I understand why you're moving out of Oakland because the stadium is a dump. They literally don't have stalls in their bathrooms. It's been the Oakland Coliseum since like the 1940s. They haven't had any improvements to it. And fans on average, the attendance last year was 6,000 people, which is not a lot compared to the Dodgers and Yankees average 43,000. So do the math there. It's a lot of a difference. You were mentioning it with Las Vegas. You go to Vegas to see a show, flashiness, whether you're going to see a Britney Spears concert, you're going to see the Raiders play on Sundays once a week. A baseball season is a grind. And I don't know that people in Las Vegas are going to go to Vegas for a weekend 
a boys trip and say, you know what we're going to do this weekend? <laughs> Let's go watch the Vegas A's play baseball. I just don't think that's going to work. The Vegas A's. I don't like how that sounds. Yeah. It's, Would they change the name, you think? Apparently not. Las apparently Vegas Athletics? Athletic. Hmm. It's not catchy. I know. <laughs> but I just don't think that baseball in Las Vegas, I know they'll probably have a dome, but you have to worry it's 110 degrees there anyway, so how's that going to work? But... And you could make the argument, well, hockey's almost every day, or at least it's a long season, unlike football, where it's once a week. Vegas Golden Knights, like, almost, they were, like, really successful their first season, and the Oakland A's are towards the bottom of their division every year, so I don't think you're going to have that appeal either. But we will see. Apparently, this is going to happen in 2026, 2027. So we'll have lots of podcasts before the Oakland A's actually do eventually move to Las Vegas. I do think something that is interesting is I think Vegas has a lot of nightlife. So in terms of you were mentioning the boys' trip down to Vegas, I do think that there aren't a lot of daytime events that happen. You were mentioning, like, shows, for example, but I think a lot of the draw is in, like, the gambling, in the shows, in the the sparkle, and, like, the drinking, all of that, and that really happens in the hours of, I would say, starting from, like, 8 p.m., 7 p.m. dinner until, like, 3 a.m., so in that time period. But if you kind of want a slower start to your day, you could go to a baseball game, <laughs> Las Vegas <laughs> Athletics. I could see where that where that happens because I guess you might struggle with what you would do during the day. And apparently the stadium would be close to the Vegas Strip, so it would be very central. Because when I think of Vegas, like, if you're going to be doing, like, day trips there you're mostly gonna if you are gonna be wanting to tour vegas or the surrounding like nevada area that's like hiking yeah and then you're not gonna be doing the like whole dinner and going out and partying that scene so i think you have to pick and choose but then with baseball i think there's like a happy medium where you can be drinking you can be like chatting and you can be watching a game and so there is that fun more laid-back atmosphere that would fit the daytime but I do see what you're saying. I just think, again, back to our debate of I just think MLB has way too long of a season. But I just don't think the games mean that much. And I think attendance, like there would be an increase in attendance. But I don't know if that would offset the cost of complete team relocation and also just building the stadium. And baseball hasn't had an expansion slash a remodeling of a team since the Montreal Expos became the Washington Nationals. This appears to be happening in 2026, which is the same year MLB is said to be expanding to 32 teams, potentially to Salt Lake City, Vancouver, are a couple of the cities they're talking about. But the second baseball storyline that we do want to get into hits kind of close to home. Max Scherzer of the New York Mets was suspended. Illegal substances, he claims it was sweat and rosin, which are both legal substances. He even sweared on his kid's life that he wasn't using anything else other than those two. What are your thoughts, if you have any, on Max Scherzer, the pitcher, or baseball in general, cracking down on sticky stuff or anything like that? Here's the thing. I think especially with the pitch clock that's been enacted, I think it's definitely harder for players to get away with illegal substances like the sticky stuff because it takes more time to, and that could take away um, one of your pitches. So and to be honest, that's a big bet to say I'm betting on my kids' lives <laughs> like that this is completely legal. And I I will say it I think in general there is like a gray area in terms of what is allowed, what isn't allowed and I'm sure this obviously there was a suspension and I was talking to Dylan about this earlier if we think he will 
appeal, and we don't think he's going to appeal to an ar- ar- um, arbitrator. Arbiter. Yeah. I don't know. Um, because uh, that would probably even like extend his. Even if he got it like repealed, he might be suspended for more or just like removed from play for more games. Um, but I just don't know if like you'd want that on your record in terms of if they looked at a future suspension, if they're like, oh, like he was suspended for legal substances. I do think, like I was mentioning, there is a gray line. Um, but I think in terms of where the league is heading, of they want more excitement and action, like we were saying, the stolen bases of having more home runs, having more hits, I understand where the MLB is going with this, and it makes sense with the rule changes that they had in the spring with like the larger bases and the pitch clock. I think also what the key thing of why they cracked down on sticky substances is that they claimed when a pitcher is more spin on the ball, it's more likely to create strikeouts and the hitter's not going to be able to hit it. So they want to make sure that's a fair playing field. Now, a lot of pitchers have also complained, okay, the ball is like too slick. We're not able to get a good grip on it, especially when it's raining or all that sort of stuff. So they want MLB to have this like uniform substance that you just put on a baseball. That way the pitchers are happy and then it won't make the ball spin as much, but much would sort of like they'll know where the ball is going. Because one of the biggest fears in pitchers' eyes is on a slick day, I have no clue where the ball is going and I'm throwing it 100 miles an hour and I could literally kill the batter with a pitch. Now you could also claim that's just a lie and they really just want to have a wicked curveball and they're going to put stuff all over the baseball. Max Scherzer claims that he wasn't doing anything illegal, which is technically true, and that the three substances he used, rosin, sweat, and sunscreen on a 100-degree afternoon in Los Angeles, all seem like valid things. Unfortunately, the MLB rule is that you can't use more than two of those substances. I don't know how you don't use sweat, so I guess that sort of eliminates one of your options. Um, As well as they basically said... His glove was too sticky. Go exchange your glove. He came out the next inning and the glove was even stickier. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Um, it just seemed like a weird situation. And he is, in fact, not appealing the suspension because apparently if Scherzer appealed, the arbitrator would be an MLB official. And yeah. if you're an MLB official and you're arbitrating between a player and Major League Baseball, I, I think you're going to side with your parent company. So a sticky situation, not to wow. be very funny with that <laughs> very one. Funny. but. Yeah, Major yeah, League that, Baseball. Yeah, that's always something that has interested me because in NFL, NBA, and NHL, they've always used a neutral yeah. arbitrator. So I think that's very interesting because clearly there's a lot of bias if it's an MLB, yeah. like someone working for the MLB, you know where they're going to side. And I'm sure that there have been instances where there's, they've sided with the players, but I, I'm very confident that it's very um, pro-MLB. And I will say, um, Max Scherzer's reputation, like he's been, he's a Hall of Famer. Mm. Um, and he's the highest paid player in baseball. And I, like, I don't think this will have really long-term consequences, but it's just interesting to see because I do think the league is cracking down on this. And I think teams are looking to this. I, if the MLB was looking to set an example with someone, they picked the correct person. Mm. Um, and I think now more teams and more pitchers are going to be aware of this, of these new rules, of these new crackdowns. And it'll be interesting to see how, um, pitching or how sticky stuff, how the trends will change throughout the season. I think it's also important to know, like, this is different from a steroid suspension, that we know exactly what Scherzer did. He had sweat, he had rosin, he had sunscreen, and the numbers now in baseball, which has become a very analytical sport, 
we can measure now how many spins and rotations a baseball has from the pitcher's mound to home plate. It turns out with all the cheating and the stickiness, his numbers didn't increase by that much. So it's not like, for example, when you take steroids and Barry Bonds yeah. goes from hitting 20 homers <laughs> to 70 homers. So Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis Jr. as well. But He's making his debut again. He is. That's an, another interesting story, but I yeah. guess we'll wait on that one yeah. for a couple weeks. But Scherzer, I think, as you're saying, in the long run, it's a little tiny blip in the road. He gets a 10-day off period. He still gets paid for his suspension, which yeah. is interesting. But, um, no, I still think first ballot Hall of Famer goes in as a Washington National completely fine not really reputational damaging. Yeah, I would agree. But if we're going to be talking about other types of suspensions, I think this is a great segue to talking about the NFL, where five (sighs) players have been suspended due to the NFL gambling policy. And most prominently, Jameson Williams of the Detroit Lions. There are also some other Lions players that got suspended, but he was suspended six games for betting on um, a non-NFL game on NFL property, but I believe there are also players that specifically bet on NFL like football games as well, which obviously you cannot do. <laughs> um, but Dylan, what are your thoughts on this? So it's almost like you have to take them in two different boats. There's the players, I'm forgetting their names, who are suspended for a full NFL season, season yeah. um, because they bet on actual NFL games. They did not bet on games that they played in. Um, that's a Good sign, because I think if you're betting on the games you're playing in, that's Are we sure? Bigger. I think that was proven. It's a similar situation to what Calvin Ridley had last year, where he bet on games um, that he was not participating in, but obviously there's still some sketchiness of what if your best friend is the quarterback and you suddenly bet against him and then he has a horrific game. Who knows what's happening there? So that's why the NFL is really hard on that, in that if you do bet on an NFL game, you are immediately suspended for a season, apply for reinstatement in a year, and we'll get back to you at that point. I think that's a fair suspension because if yeah, you're all of a sudden betting <laughs> on yourself or worse, betting against yourself, that's where the integrity of the game is compromised. And if you have a sport, which the NFL has already been accused of like, oh, the NFL is scripted and everything like that. So if you have <laughs> players betting on the game, the entire integrity of the league and the reputation of the league is going to be damaged. The Jamison Williams one is even, it's, I don't know. I think it's a little too strict that he bet on, I believe it was hockey and NBA games, not associated with the NFL. The problem why he got a suspension is because he did it while he was at the Detroit Lions facility. Mm-hmm. If he walked out the front door 20 feet away, he was in the parking lot of the Detroit Lions facility, no suspension, you're completely allowed to do that because the NFL is one of the strongest players association in sports and just in general. As a union, they've negotiated into the contracts that NFL players can bet because you have that competitive nature on any other sport other than the NFL and I believe college sports as well as long as it's not on NFL property so say you're at your house late one night you're watching the (laughs) NBA finals you're like I think the Lakers are gonna win feel free to bet on the game if you're watching the game in the clubhouse you're not allowed to bet on that game which is a I don't know about that one. To get a six-game suspension, which is the same amount of games you're suspended for steroids or sexual assault. Um, is that really? It is. Those are the oh same number of suspensions, basically claiming that those three infractions are the same. I have such an issue same. with that. I have um, such an issue. Yeah, so poor Jameson Williams is now missing six games because he yeah. placed a bet 20 feet in the wrong direction. Here's my thing. I think, I, I think the NFL, they've really been – promoting sports betting, yeah. like bet MGM. They have partnerships with casinos. 
I don't understand why they wouldn't want their players to be betting on non-NFL <laughs> yeah. games on their property. I feel like that could be so much added revenue. I think that would add to the NFL partnership. So obviously it's against the rules. Yeah. But I think the NFL needs to rethink this. And I also agree. I think the six games is very unfair, especially in the context of apparently with sexual assault and steroid use, you get the same number of games. I think it's valid for the players that were betting on actual NFL games to be suspended Mm -hmm. for the full year because that becomes interesting with you know, your friends with guys on other teams, suddenly guys might be throwing games. You always, the integrity of the game yeah. gets called into question. And I I agree with that. Oh, a tough luck for Jameson Williams. I think they definitely need to reevaluate their stance on betting because, I mean, for 20-plus years, the NFL was very... I mean, and it was illegal, so yeah. re- only recently sports betting became legal in the U.S., but they had a very strong stance against any kind of sports betting. But then now with so many promotions and so many partnerships with casinos and sports betting agencies, I think it's it's a hard line to kind of draw because, like you were mentioning, he was in the parking lot yeah. of the Detroit Red Detroit Lions facilities. How does and he's not really you know talking to other players. He's yeah. not really damaging the Lions. I don't know, their image or this or so. I'm not really sure what, honestly, I don't really understand why they're not allowed to bet in facilities. No, it's a really, it's a similar situation if you want to describe it a couple years ago when New Jersey, you were allowed to bet on sports and New York, you weren't allowed to. And basically you have a bunch of New Yorkers every single night going across the bridge, placing a bet and then going back home, which is a similar thing to here where he just wants like, all right, I'm going to the bathroom or I'm going to Chipotle. He leaves the facility for 10 minutes, places a bet, and comes back. He is not suspended. I guarantee dozens of players are doing that same exact thing. It's just that he did it on property. How do they catch leave. him? I don't know how you do that. Unless it's like, do players have to clock in? And then you know, there is a massive tracker system in yeah. all four major sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL have this, where all the players' names credit cards and all that stuff are in a database that runs every single night to make sure when our players betting and how. Wow. Um, so for example, if a player on the New York Rangers makes a bet on an MLB game, it does come up in the system, but you can check, all right, he was at home, bet on an MLB game, completely so fine. So they can look going. at the IP address. I guess so. Um, so to be honest, William should have just done better. Clearly yeah. he knows this is, clearly he's been betting on games before. Mm-hmm. Clearly he knows this is um, in the rules. So to be like, I don't think it should be a six game suspension, yeah. but this was completely avoidable on his part. And I think this was just, you know, a dumb mistake. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't understand how you can equate that to steroid use yeah. or sexual assault. It's, like that doesn't make sense to me. It's a similar thing to kind of tie our first two topics together. The Max Scherzer and the Jamison Williams suspensions. Technically, they broke the rules, but you could argue they're stupid rules. But unfortunately, right. since they did violate the rule, they yeah. deserve the suspension. I don't, I don't know how you phrase but that. But the NFL also doesn't have, like, a... I, again, this might go back into the league wanting to crack down on this kind of behavior. Same with what we were talking about with Max Scherzer and yeah. MLB. But they don't have a game plan, a set yeah. game plan, being like, if you do this, if you're betting on non-NFL games in the in your team facility, yeah. how many games are you suspended for for that? And I think they just went the strictest possible, yeah. maybe out of fear that this will keep happening or this will have ripple effects, and they already 
like thinking about the costs mm-hmm. of legalizing sports betting and yeah. this is just unprecedented territory for them so they were they were wanting to go harsher in terms of their suspension but again i just don't see how you can because games are games, yeah. but betting on a non-NFL game does not equate steroid use. And so yeah. I don't think the league was really thinking there. But I guess in terms of, again, if you want to really crack down on this sort of behavior, clearly the Detroit Lions are not happy. And, <laughs> um, this definitely sent a message out to the to league. To yeah, I guess it's teams. a fear of don't end up like Scherzer, don't end up like Jamison Williams. Follow our rules. We're yeah. going to be strict about enforcing them. Shout out also, I forgot to put this on our show sheet. The NFL draft is this week. Yeah, it is. Um, it is on Thursday, so tomorrow by the time you're listening to this, which is also the unofficial deadline for Aaron Rodgers to get traded to yeah. the New York Jets. So lots of NFL storylines, if there's anything else you want to say there, or we can wait till next week once it actually happens. Yeah, I mean, apparently there's rumors that the number two overall pick might get traded as well, so that would be wild if we saw the number one and number mm-hmm. two overall picks both get traded. Texans, I'm looking at you. Can we do something? Um, but uh, to be honest, I haven't been keeping up with a lot of the um, prospects. That Obviously, we have the big-time big, big time players and, like, the quarterbacks. But we can definitely do some analysis once we – once the trade – or, sorry, once trades and drafts happen. And Tom Brady also teased coming out of retirement this yeah, week. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. I think that's just part of his brand image at this point, that any time that he's you know, has a speech, has a public platform, he's like, he's going to get asked about yeah. it. So he's going to be like, there's a possibility. There's a chance. Keeping the door slightly cracked open for me to waltz back in. It won't be in the Dolphins locker room. We'll see. <laughs> but moving on to now the NHL playoff update, which you know is my favorite sport. Dylan, why don't you catch us up with what's been going on with the games, what's been going on in the Eastern and Western conferences, and how you think the rest of the first round will play out. Well, in terms of my team, we're just simply not having a good time at this point. The only ser- or There are two series right now that are three games to one, and that is Boston series. They're up three to one, which I don't think either of us are happy about. And the Hurricanes are also up three games to one on the New York Islanders, which unfortunately one of us (laughs) is happy about. I think you could almost argue that the East is going as expected. The Rangers are up. The Hurricanes are up. Boston is up. Toronto is up, which I guess is the one that we did mention last week could go 50-50. But that's pretty straightforward. Rangers looked really dominant. I know the Devils did steal away game three a couple days ago by the time you're listening to this. The Hurricanes are just dominating the Islanders. This almost feels like a game through is sort of a pity. You guys win a game, but then Canes in five. They're going back to Carolina. When is it? When yeah. you're listening to this? They're Yesterday? Li- so sort of? yeah, yeah, today is Monday, April 24th, and this comes out on Wednesday, Wednesday. April 26th. So they'll be playing. Uh, you'll already know what's, what's happened. But, yeah, keep going in terms of the Western Conference. Well, the West is a really interesting because those games have been extremely close so far. We yeah. have Vegas is up two games to one. We have Dallas, your team. Or no, not your team. You're from da- you're from the Dallas area, we'll call it. I'm it's from your, Houston. It's your local team. <laughs> it's there is five no hours Houston. away driving. Whatever. Um, we've got but, Dallas yeah, but, and Minnesota yeah. tied. Colorado's up. They were looking dominant. I know there was that fear. Did they lose? They lost game one or game two, yeah, and all of a sudden it was like, one. oh, shoot. Um, and then the Oilers and L.A., your championship prediction, are currently tied up at 2-2. Level of fear with your Stanley Cup Finals predictions, and then I'll get into mine afterwards. Yeah, well, also Vegas is up 2-1. Don't forget to mention. Let's go. <laughs> um, I would actually say, so, like you mentioned, big 
Canes fan, loving the 3-1 up against the Islanders. Um, I will say, I think the series is closer than the actual like game score has been showing. It's, mm-hmm. And also the most recent game, Canes yeah. won 5-2. And game two, sorry, game three, Islanders one five one, but well, that was the best moment of the postseason. <laughs> scoring four right. goals in two minutes. But that's the thing. I'm like, a lot of the goals have come in such short periods of time, but the vast majority of the ice time has been hard hitting, mm-hmm. close, very, very even series. Like, it's been a lot of like Hurricanes keeping more possession of the, t- of the puck, but yeah. Islanders giving out a lot of hits. And I would say the Islanders are not making this easy on the Hurricanes at all. Hurricanes have had a lot, a lot of injuries, specifically from the Islanders players. I know the Islanders were coming in kind of injured, but we have Matt Barzell back. But, like, Hurricanes, we've lost Tava Teravainen, who just got, like, hand surgery. We've lost a lot of other players as well. We have, like, a couple of AHL call-ups um, that have been playing and really stepping up to the plate. But I think that's kind of how what the playoffs are about. You're, every team is currently going through it at mm-hmm. least one injury, and you just have to see how deep your farm system is if key players are stepping up. I would say other other games in the Eastern Conference, Boston, it, that is going how we predicted. Um, I think we both had Boston winning in five. Yeah. But I will say the Panthers have really upped the intensity in their games. Like, Radko Gudis and Matthew Kachuk have really been, again, mean players, and they're not making it easy on Boston. However, Patrice Bergeron didn't play for the first what three game two games mm-hmm. two or three games and then because he apparently tweaked something in game 82 and then also was out with a cold that had been going around in the locker room but um yeah i'm honestly not surprised with how it's been going i am surprised that the panthers have have one game but i mean it's the playoffs games are it's hard to win four straight in a row and then you were mentioning rangers I yeah, I do see the Rangers winning. I kind of wanted the Devils to win in seven just to make it fun, but I guess we'll see. And then Toronto, I see I see Lightning yeah. tying it up next. Um, they're at home for Game Four, so we'll see. You guys will know by the time this episode comes out, but I think that one goes seven. So in terms of my Eastern Conference, I still feel good about my Lightning pick, and I had the Hurricanes going or mm-hmm. making it past the second round. So. And then in terms of the Western Conference, I will say the Dallas-Minnesota series has been scaring me a little bit. I do like Minnesota. I do like Dallas. I really thought for a little bit there that the Wild were going to go up 3-1 because it has been really close games. I would say this series and the Kings and Oilers have been Mm -hmm. the closest series by far. Like Oilers and Kings have been going to overtime, I think, two out of their four games. Wild and Stars, they've also gone into into overtime, and most of them have been one-goal games aside from, you know, their weird blowout game. (laughs) Um, Well, there have been some blowout games, but then also some really close games. So both of those have been really nasty series. I wasn't feeling as confident about my Oilers pick. They were looking – they were down – 0-3 in the first period of the game on Sunday, so April 23rd, and Connor McDavid has yet to score, which just shows to the, you know, the power of the, of LA's defensive centers and Anze Kopitar and Philip Deneau. He hasn't been held off the score sheet, like he's gotten his assists, and Leon Dreisaitl has been dominant, and then we've had key goals from 
Zach Hyman and Evander Kane who have kept the Oilers in it. But I think the LA's goaltending and Jonas Corposalo, who I said was going to be an X factor in the series, their deadline pickup, he's been much more solid than the Oilers' goaltending tandem of Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell. So there's that. Um, and then in terms of Colorado and Vegas, heartbreaker for Winnipeg. They were so close to to being up two one. Um, and same with Seattle. They Colorado kind of ruined their their first playoff game in Climate Pledge Arena. But again, I have confidence in Colorado. I have them making out into the second round. Um, so still feeling okay about my picks. What about you, Dylan? I'm feeling really confident about my picks. The Rangers have wow. almost. To the point I'd call them, like, dominant over these. I know they lost one of the games, but they've looked really good. I also really like, especially considering the Islanders have been a physical opponent with the Hurricanes. Hurricanes would be matched up to face the Rangers in round two. I really like the Rangers matchup if that were to be the scenario that plays out. And then Vegas, as we're saying, they're being tested a little bit, but I do like they're going through adversity. I think they're still going to win this series. It's not as easy as everyone thought it would be for them to win. Um, how's the bracket face? I think they play the winner of, would it be, Col- they might face Colorado in round two. I think that's how the postseason bracket would shake out, which I wouldn't feel very confident if that ends up being the case. But we're sticking with Rangers and we're sticking with the Vegas Golden Knights. The only prediction that I might want to change is Islanders in five is not indeed happening. You said I, six. I said <laughs> it can't happen in six either at this point. Yeah. So <laughs> they would just have to win, you know. All, all I'm gonna say the next three games. All I'm gonna say with the Islanders, don't let us win Game Five because if we win Game Five, I am guaranteeing a Game Six win at UBS. Wow. And then who knows what happens in a Game Seven? But if we lose Game Five, I think well, naturally it is over. But I'm saying if if we win Game Five, I wouldn't be shocked if we take the series. Wow. But I also wouldn't be shocked that's if a- we get blown out in game five and that's it i will say so vegas is actually going to go against the winners of oilers kings well i don't feel great about that either (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, to be honest i'd rather i mean colorado's really banged up and if it's seattle i'd rather face seattle Uh then but also oilers and kings that's been that's been hard but who did you have um the vegas golden knights beating in the western conference finals i think i had minnesota, minnesota. yeah which, yeah which is okay there's a shot there. <laughs> it's a very physical series so far but yeah i'm feeling confident minnesota is probably the least of my four teams i'm showing confidence i think boston and the rangers are setting up to match up really well in the eastern conference finals and then give me vegas and minnesota still here's the thing <laughs> i if if carolina wins I know they have had a lot of injuries. Yeah. I'm still taking them over the Rangers. I believe in them. Even th- because I just have to with my heart, yeah. even though there's so many good players on the Rangers. But I see. I think this is the year Carolina makes it out of the second round finally. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I do see. I think with Toronto and Tampa, they're both just taking each other out. Tampa has had so many injuries yeah. as well. Like Eric Chernak, Victor Hedman, like their entire team is out. They've had like Tanner Janot now like fractured his hand through a fight. And Boston currently is go having some illness, but it's not really they're not being injured tested from series. the Panthers. Yeah. It's mostly just like Matthew Kachuk and Rad Kagudis going after Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron is ready out of the lineup. Um, but, like, the other players, like David Pasternak, Charlie McAvoy, they haven't really been tested as much. So I see them getting more of the rest. And I hope, hopefully, Carolina closes out the series earlier with New York. 
yeah. um, with the Islanders so that they get, get an extra day of rest. But also, Rangers are up. Um, 2-1, yeah. Yeah, Rangers are currently up. So if they don't close it out, or if they do close it out early as well, then Carolina might not get that extra rest. But yeah, I I would definitely say I'm more... I'm more shaky on my my Western Conference picks just because it seems like the Oilers have been trailing for so much. But I think maybe this is going to be their hardest test in facing the Kings. And obviously no round in the playoffs is going to be easy, but I feel better about them going up against any of the other teams in the West, including Vegas, than I do about them going against the Kings. Speaking of Kings, do you want to get into the next segment that you have planned? Look at that transition. I know, that was a great transition. <laughs> Speaking of Kings, so now we're going to move on to the Sacramento Kings, who I am rooting for so desperately, and they just lost a heartbreaker to the Golden State Warriors for Game 4. And now the series is tied, where originally the Kings are up 2-0 on the um, Warriors, and now it's 2-2. They lost by one point in Game 4, and... It's just showing their playoff inexperience. They were up leading the game all throughout, I think, first and second quarters. And now (laughs) Steph Curry really showing that um, leadership and that playoff experience. But I really, really hope the Kings can get it done. What are your thoughts on the Kings and also the rest of the playoffs in the NBA? Well, I think that's the key word you just mentioned is experience in that the Golden State Warriors are the most playoff-proven team that we've seen in a long time. I believe Steph Curry has probably, if I had to guess, and you're going to fact-check me on this, so I know, because if I get it wrong, I'll get insulted. <laughs> I'm going to guess he's played probably 125-ish, 130 playoff games at this point in his career, which is insane, considering that's longer than like almost two full regular seasons at this point. Yeah. Um, did I nail that? 100. Something probably oh, I'll go 125, 130. But exactly, they have the experience. They've been down in series before, trailing 2-0. They were not worried. Damn, that was close. Um, but, I don't know if this is completely accurate, but around that time. Okay, but around they've that. had so much playoff experience that being down two to nothing does not phase them. I know the Kings do have the home field or home court, sorry, advantage of having games five and game seven taking place at their home arena. I don't think that scares Golden State. They're a really proven team, and I don't think it's going to shock anyone if they just go on a run as they usually do. I will admit I'm probably not a great person to talk to when it comes to (laughs) NBA because my uh, prediction, the team that I said was going to make a run, did not even win a single playoff (laughs) game before being eliminated. Thanks, Brooklyn. Um, Your Knicks, however, are up 3-1 to on the Cavs. I love how we're talking about my Knicks now, even though Dylan is the New York fan over here. But I'm feeling very great about my picks. The Nuggets are up 3-1. They did just lose yesterday in overtime to the Timberwolves. But, again, hard to sweep. I mean, mm-hmm. Nuts would not know. Yeah. <laughs> or hard to get swept. <laughs> or hard to sweep as well. But Nuggets are leading the series 3-1. And then also we have the Knicks leading the um, Cleveland Cavs up 3-1 as well. Um, so feeling good about those. There are some surprising leads, I would say, in the rest of the league. Like the Suns are up 3-1 against the Clippers. I thought I thought the Clippers would be doing better than they are. Um, but unfortunately, it just doesn't seem like they've been able to keep up with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, even Ugh. though they had an early 
lead in by winning game one. And then also, I was surprised by this. Um, Miami Heat is leading the Bucks 2-1. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting to me. But again, we've been talking about the injuries, like with Giannis. But they've also, they also um, Miami has lost, I, I believe it's Tyler Hero. But yeah. they still have, like, key players as well. So I guess it's not that surprising. But I just feel like the Bucks have been kind of blown out of the water recently. Like, the Heat on Saturday, April 22nd, won 121-99, to which is not a good look. <laughs> and then, then um, Boston leads the Hawks 2-1, to which I'm not surprised about. And then also, speaking of which, since we've already had one incident of MLB umpires acting a little funky, here we get into the NBA umpiring show or officiating show, sorry. Um, DeJounte (laughs) Murray of the Hawks appeared to make contact with the referee during game four. This does automatically trigger a one-game suspension if it's held up. I don't know where they are in the appeal process slash what's going to be happening with that. But once again, a playoff series, and it appears that referees are inserting themselves into the style of play. Yeah, I mean, again, this goes back. And especially with playoff games where you just feel like it, the refs are not calling the games evenly or fairly. It's hard not to get with so much passion and so much on the line. It's hard not to get heated in in this instance. And I know the NBA is currently investigating this. I think he kind of bumped him, the ref. He didn't chuck a ball at him. He didn't really mouth off to the ref either. Um, Murray did not comment to media post game, which I think was smart because that would <laughs> – you know, give the NBA room to either find him or do further investigation. I think the Hawks were trying to minimize the damage there. And it doesn't, like, he does bump him, but, and it was, like, after the whistle, after the game, after the Hawks lost to the Celtics. Um, but I think you could say, and, I mean, there is some intention to that, but, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know what more there is to investigate. And no, there's the video out there that shows, yeah. yeah. I'm like, one game suspension isn't bad. To be honest, if you're really not happy with the ref, you might as well take it. I would take that (laughs) if I wasn't. I mean, okay, like they really need break. But, you know, if it it means the ref won't be roughing your, your next playoff games, then maybe you take one for the team. It's sort of, it's the same thing that we mentioned, we're going back to this, with there are rules in place, and sometimes you get upset with a rule and say it's a stupid rule, just like sticky stuff. just like betting inside facilities and just like bumping a referee these sort of blanket rules and this is really tied in with the sticky stuff is that if you're caught with the sticky stuff on your finger automatic no appeal no gray area 10 game suspension same with here any contact with a referee no appeal no like gray area immediate one game it's only one game but it is a one game suspension of you made contact or you had sticky stuff you're gone, there's your evidence. So unfortunately, it's the same situation where it's, there's video proof. He did it. He can't take the approach of, oh, I didn't, oh, it's by accident. No, you see him walk up to the (laughs) umpire and just bump him. And you could argue maybe that rule is set in place for if you shove a referee or if you, like, throw the ball at their head or something like that. But technically speaking, just like with Scherzer, technically speaking, (laughs) you violated the rule. What if you said it was an accident? 
but the, the video shows yeah. it's not. That would be a yeah. heck of an accident that would be. if you somehow by accident walk right up to an umpire, yeah. stop, bump into him, yeah. and then walk away while still staring at him know, in the eyes. I'm like, I don't know how you. I'm trying to try. I'm trying to turn it to, in the in the player's favor, but I, I'm finding it hard to do so. Yeah. But I do want to mention. Um, I want to know your take on the Lakers currently because they're up two one on the Grizzlies, and I didn't mention them earlier in my in my recap. Um, but again, we were talking about playoff picture for the Lakers get into the finals is looking clearer and clearer. What are your thoughts, Dylan? Well, everyone talks about that the NFL is scripted and rigged. I'm just gonna say, somehow <laughs> always happens that LeBron James has an easy, easy path in the playoffs to success and championships. And well, once again, here we are with the LA Lakers barely scraping their way into the playoffs. They played in the playing tournament and somehow easily won their way into the actual playoffs. And now, what do you know, they're up two <laughs> games to one on the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not here to say that the NBA is rigged. But I'm just here to say that it seems almost like how Tom Brady always worked his way deep into the NFL playoffs. Oh, interesting. LeBron James, the star <laughs> of the NBA, is making his way into the playoffs and making headways again going forward. Yeah. I'm like, I. here's the thing that's interesting is, I guess, because LeBron James is the figurehead of the NBA. Yeah. Um, and same with Tom Brady. But I would not say that that, that permission or that lore of mm-hmm. easy playoff path is awarded to Steph Curry. Yeah. So I'm like, that's interesting that it's always surrounding LeBron. But again, he is great. He's great for the game. So there's always discussions about that. I, again, also don't think the NBA is rigged. But interesting. (laughs) And I will say, the Grizzlies have not been making it easy on the Lakers. Yeah. And they've had some really good performances with, like, John Morant, who recently put up 41 points, even in their loss. But they've had a lot of pers- like team personal issues with, for example, Morant getting in a fight and like have- showing like gun possession and just a lot of personal issues. So, you know, that wouldn't surprise me if that's been getting in the way of the locker room or team chemistry on the court. The NBA is also the type of sport where that if you have one player going off and dominating – he can carry a team, just like in the NFL if your quarterback is elite or in hockey if all of a sudden one guy is just like, I'm red hot and I'm going to carry this team to the playoffs. That does indeed happen, especially in a sport like the NBA, especially when there's two players on a team. MLB a little different. Porsche Oyatani still has not played in a playoff game in his six years in Major I League know. Baseball. But I think the NBA especially where if you have the superstar like LeBron, you got a good shot at at least making the playoffs, if not going deep into the playoffs, which you seem to always do. Yeah. I don't remember who your picks were for the NBA. I think finals. I had the Nets in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Did I might have. Did you have Nets and Celtics? Well, I had the the stupid idea that New York sports would win three championships in the next 12 <laughs> months. So wow. This I, is news. I don't remember. Oh, this might have been. I thought I mentioned it here, but maybe it was a side retired special. Check that out. Yeah, you but, should check that out. Um, but I did say that New York sports, I was very vague because I didn't know which sports or which teams, but I said New York hasn't won a championship in a decade, so they're going to get three in a span of 12 three? months. Three? Yeah, I think you've got the Rangers are making good headways. Do you count Jersey in there? No. Okay. I count 
And well, technically, you could then argue, well, the New York Jets and New York Giants play yeah, in Jersey, but the, those are New York teams, I think, still at heart. Okay. Um, you think the Jets are gonna are gonna win? The Jets okay, with they're Aaron gonna win the Rogers. Super Bowl. Thing. <laughs> got it, got it. But yeah, I think you've got either it's gonna be the Rangers, the Knicks, the Yankees. Notice I'm saying none of my teams, um, <laughs> and the Jets. I think three of those four are gonna win their championships. So wow. I initially Put said the Mets. Put some respect but on the Islanders. <laughs> uh, they might be gone by the time you're listening to this <laughs> yeah. episode. But, um, well, technically, if the Islanders are still around by the time this episode comes out, know that I'm predicting them to win a series because I said yep. if you win Game Five, you're winning. All I seven, can't believe so. you're taking Rangers over Islanders, though. Like to make that is like literally <laughs> turning your back on the fan base. Can you imagine if you were in Nassau Coliseum, the old Islanders arena, and someone heard you say that? You would get. Well, Peter no, cans chucked at you. I also said Yankees and not Mets. Yeah, I know. Like, you did say that as well. Um, but interesting, interesting <laughs> New York dynamic yeah. that Dylan is <laughs> enlightening us to. There is also one other event that is taking place before our next episode that I know you're yes. extremely excited to talk about. I know. So take it away. Yeah, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix for Formula One is taking place this Sunday. It's been a month. A whole month of April with no Formula One races. Bummer. I know, big bummer indeed. And I'm excited to see what kind of um, alterations and adjustments teams have been making. Apparently, Mercedes is trying to copy the Aston Martin and also Red Bull car because the Aston Martin car is doing much better than everyone expected. Like, they were pretty much almost dead last in the past two or three seasons. They've been doing really poorly. And then this season, they've been doing much, much better, um, which is a testament to their car because, I I mean, Fernando Alonso is a really good driver, but so was Fashion Vettel last year. And I don't know if Lance Stroll has really improved his driving technique that much. But I would say it's it's been interesting because a lot of this month has allowed some cars to really – or some some – teams to really take a look at their cars i know Mer- yeah we were talking about mercedes they did well in the pa- the last um race on april 2nd in australia but they've been pretty behind the red bull cars and i know mclaren is just really struggling so i'm like it'll be interesting to see how that plays out is this the first uh, am i using the right word i know this means i haven't been doing my research is is this the first race since the Fernando Alonso breakup when I made the <laughs> prediction that he's now going to go on a tear and win in his next game following his breakup? Yeah. Okay, so there's my predicted winner. <laughs> Fernando Alonso's winning this weekend, courtesy of DraftKings. Wow. He has plus 1,200 odds, which are the third highest. I love those odds. Yeah. Um, who do you have winning? Put I mean, spot. I'm going to go Max Verstappen. It's hard not to. I know that's the easy answer to take. Um but DraftKings says it's the really easy decision to make. He's been dominant. He's won, <laughs> except for it's been Sergio Perez or Max Verstappen. And especially with Formula One, there's not a lot of movement. There might be a surprise podium winner or maybe like a surprise third spot. But I would say people are pretty consistent. And I would normally say maybe I give a shot to Ferrari like Carlos Sainz or Charles Leclerc. But doesn't seem like they've been they've been doing that well either. But again... With the little short month break, maybe we could see um, George Russell get in first. I don't know, with Mercedes. So I'm going to say either Max Verstappen or George Russell, but I'm going to give the big edge to Max Verstappen. All righty. And with that, that closes off our 
weekly episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode six of Turf and Burn. Of course, a great week of sports upcoming for you guys. You have the NFL draft tomorrow, more NBA and NHL playoffs, more baseball games. I don't know what else to say about baseball at this point. Go Astros. (laughs) They need some fixing. I think they're below 500 right now. I think we just made 500. All righty. Well, not all teams can be like the first place Pittsburgh Pirates out of nowhere. But (laughs) we're at uh, 5.45. Okay. That's above 500. That is. Yeah, I, I rescind my statement. The Astros are good again, yeah. unfortunately. Thank you. But um, until the next time, unless there's anything else you want to throw in, the turf is burnt. <laughs>